Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Brought to you by the SATC Solutions Center. You can connect with us on Instagram or Twitter where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. For more information, including our email, visit us online at satcsolutions.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe to Bridging Chicago on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bridging Chicago. I'm Savannah Roundtree, one of your hosts and the law clerk here at SATC. And joining me today, we have Dominique Atwood. Dominique, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, This is part of our Black History Month special, so we're excited to have you on. Uh, Dominique is the Operations Development Manager at Deeply Rooted Dance Theater. And as I was looking into your background, you also do about a thousand other things. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're going to jump right in. So I was looking into your background, and you actually grew up in Dayton, Ohio. I saw that you were at Geraldine School of Dance and mm-hmm. the Stiver School for the Performing Arts. Is that like a performing arts high school? Yes, uh-huh, it is. So um, just tell us a little bit about growing up in Ohio and how early did you start dancing? Yeah, so growing up in Dayton, Ohio, it's a pretty small town. Mm-hmm. So I had that kind of lifestyle growing up. I have uh, three younger sisters, so I'm the oldest of three. We were really, really busy growing up. My mom kept me involved in, like, everything Mm -hmm. there was to be involved with. So I cheered a lot. Um, I did drill team. I was in dance class. I loved being on the student council. So I just kind of had my hands in a lot of different pots Mm -hmm. growing up. But I fell in love with movement. So everything I did kind of surrounded was was movement. So Mm -hmm. she kept me in dance for a while, and then... When I was in middle school, one of my dance mentors at my studio encouraged me to go into Stiver's mm-hmm. School for the Performing Arts. And so um, after I graduated there, I went off to Howard to continue yeah. my dance career. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of just been on that dance track ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had other passions even when I was younger outside of dance, but they all kind of always circle back yeah. to the arts. So was there any like one thing that really inspired you to do dance or just the sort of general love of movement and that Music, direction? I would yeah. say, more than anything mm-hmm. else, music and then just how it brings people from all over together. It's yeah. the language to me. Mm-hmm. And so no matter where you're from, I feel like, you know, you're able to connect with people through dance. Yeah. In social settings and professional settings. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful form just yeah. to bring people together and right. to communicate. So as you said, you went to Howard and I saw that you graduated magna cum laude in political science and pre-law yeah which is like not dance <laughs> <laughs> while you also co-founded the first contemporary dance company on campus called I am we mm-hmm. so tell me about you obviously did really well in school and you know as someone who's currently in law school I can tell you like <laughs> pre-law political science it's not a joke especially to do that well in school and then to also found a dance company at the same time so just tell me about like juggling all of that how was you know that college experience for you yeah so I think just from my background growing up like I had mentioned my mother always had me involved in a lot of different things Mm -hmm. so balancing just kind of became a part of my natural um or automatic way of doing things um 
But in college, I actually started off as a dance major. Okay. I did not love the program, so I decided to leave as a sophomore. And I was always really big on advocacy and fighting for what was right. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of got into criminal justice. And so that's what led me into political science and pre-law. And for a while, I thought, oh, okay, maybe I can be a lawyer for artists. Mm -hmm. And so that's like the tie to the arts. Um, But while I was there, though I love politics, my heart was always in dance. And Mm -hmm. so my best friend at the time, she was also a dancer. And we decided, you know, well, let's create this company on campus. And so we'll be able to feed both of our passions. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how we created the company. And I was still, yeah, yeah, political science. Right. So how was creating a company like from scratch, especially you have no training in how to create a company, how to be in charge of a dance company? What was that like? You know, to be honest, it was actually pretty easy for us. We kind of hit the ground running. And at Howard, they really promote entrepreneurship there. Mm -hmm. And so that's like the through line at the university. And so you see a lot of startups um, there. But for us, we just love to dance. So we literally created our own flyers, you know, Mm -hmm. posted them up (laughs) in different buildings. We had an um, an open night, like an orientation, Mm -hmm. an invitation for dancers, an open call. We did an audition. And then from there, it just grew. It really grew. People started to see us on campus performing. We started to get asked to do gigs all the time and then like um homecoming became like our main thing okay. and so we just branched out from there and then um the name I am we is um I am you you am I together mm-hmm. we are one okay, so great. we're really big on community as well mm-hmm. so outside of performing for the university we would also branch out and do a lot of community work as well okay great yeah I can see the uh community work has really been a through line throughout your career mm-hmm so then it looks like right out of college you start working as a like a performing dancer and you're like touring it seems like all over the place doing like movies commercials music videos touring with like mtv all different things so but it sounds like i was gonna ask what that was like for you but it sounds like you've been juggling a bunch of things (laughs) your whole life so maybe that was just more the same um yeah well in the beginning i would say when i post graduation i kind of went through a time where I was just trying to figure things out. And mm-hmm. I didn't exactly know what direction to go in right away because I did have all these different interests. Right. And my mother was encouraging me to, you know, focus in on exactly <laughs> what I wanted to do because I couldn't do everything. Yeah. Um, Hard to go to law school and be a touring artist. <laughs> <laughs> so um, luckily I actually landed on a really amazing mentor. Her name was Princess Moon at the time. Mm-hmm. And she had did everything I saw myself doing okay. already. And so she was in New York at the time. I was still in D.C. And I reached out to her via email. And I asked if I can just study underneath her, be an intern or be her assistant. And she invited me in for an interview. And I came on as her personal assistant, but then just kind of grew inside of her organization. Okay. And working with her, I was afforded so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. A lot of them was touring because she was a choreographer in the area. Okay. So yeah. I would just, you know, work with her as a dancer, but then also work administratively for her mm-hmm. um, her dance school. Yeah, so I kind of got a lot of different yeah. skills You're just working underneath her. The dance, like the administrative side of the dance school, Absolutely. but also the choreography and getting performing opportunities. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that really sounds like yeah. a great opportunity. Yeah, so. so that was in New York. At what point do you come to Chicago? Yes. So um, she was in New York at the time. Then she actually moved to D.C. where I was. So that okay. was great. So that mm-hmm. worked out really yeah. well. <laughs> then I actually did go back to New York. So okay. I went to New York for a while just to continue dancing. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I always knew about Deeply Rooted because my best friend, the mm-hmm. one who I created the company with at yeah. Howard, she grew up at this studio called Deeply Rooted. Okay. And she would always talk about Deeply Rooted mm-hmm. all the time. And then I had the pleasure of taking a master class by one of their founding dancers, Elena Anderson, while I was at Howard. And she was um, she was a dancer, but then she was also getting her PhD at Howard. And this woman just, I was like, you know, who is she? Uh-huh. You know? And so I got really connected with her. And she started to introduce me to other opportunities in the area through dance. And she was encouraging me, like, you know, you should really consider Deeply Rooted. Mm -hmm. They're in Chicago, though. But they have their season in New York often. Okay. So um, I was in New York. They came to New York, and I started to join their season as an apprentice. Mm -hmm. So I auditioned, and um, I was an apprentice for two years. At the time, they were touring mostly, so I didn't have to move. But in that second year, they had their home season in Chicago with Mm -hmm. their 20th anniversary season. And um, it just kind of made sense then for me to make the move. I also mm-hmm. met a guy here in Chicago. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so he lived here, and then my job was here. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I can make this work. Yeah. So it was easier to make the transition. Mm-hmm. And then also it was close to home, Ohio. It was a four-hour right. drive yeah. from home. So then I was able to see my mother a lot more and my grandparents. So it just kind of made sense for me at the time. Okay, so it was actually deeply rooted that brought you to Absol- Chicago. Yes. And were, did you start just as a – uh, an apprentice and like just dancing for them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes so how'd you get involved with now you're the operations and development manager how'd you get involved with the more administrative side of that yeah so came in as an apprentice for two years and then when I decided to actually relocate to Chicago I needed a job right. <laughs> so, so um my friend his name was Solomon he was also working for the company and I was expressing to him that I needed some additional mm-hmm. income to make this move really work for me. And he was saying they were actually looking for someone. Okay, great. Do I have any experience administratively? Yeah. And I'm like, you know, well, actually I do. In D.C., I worked for my, mm-hmm. you know, my mentor, Princess, and she taught me the ropes administratively and programming-wise. So um, I think I can be a value. And so we had an interview together, and they brought me on just as operations. And mm-hmm. as I was there as an operations manager, I expressed to them um, my interest in building the company um, fundraising campaign. And they were like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, that's tied into development. So um, just the more and more I worked there, maybe about a year or so, they transitioned me into the, into management with development. Okay, great. So. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Deeply Rooted as a company. So it's a dance theater that was established in 1995. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so the mission statement is to reimagine and diversify the aesthetics of contemporary dance by bringing together modern, classical, American, and African-American traditions in dance and storytelling. Mm-hmm. So just um, tell us a little bit more about what that means and what Deeply Rooted is doing. Yeah, so Deeply Rooted is um, based heavily in spirit. We talk about that often. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just a physical form of dance for us. It's a mind, body, and spirit connection. And so reimagining for a lot of companies, it is um, just about the physical. Mm-hmm. So as reimagined, we like to tap into dancers' mind, body, and spirit as we create um, and mold those dancers in our process. Um, I think um, also for us, our mission is to speak to different social and political issues that are happening Mm -hmm. in the city and globally. So a lot of our work pinpoints those things. One of our um, most classic works, like Ailey's Revelation, is our Church of Nations. Mm -hmm. And so we have a piece there where um, our founder and previous artistic director Kevin Iga Jeff created this work about um, the church and how they at the time had a vote and whether or not we went to war mm-hmm. and so you'll see all the chairs kind of lined up and we all have one like priest type of costumes and 
we're discussing that, you know, through mm-hmm. our movement and what that looks like to have a vote as a church, you know, mm-hmm. and so whether or not we go to war. And a lot of those members at the time, they did vote to go to war. But that's so conflicting right. with God's, you know, mm-hmm. philosophy on peace. And so we talk about those type of things. Um, a year or so ago, we had a choreographer came, come in. His name was Fana Shabalala. He's from South Africa. Okay. And he um, he revamped a word called Ndumba. And in Africa, that means a spiritual healing hut. Okay. And so it was this spiritual space for us as dancers to be able to go in and just express ourselves. And it got kind of crazy at times. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really, really healing for the dancers. And for me, it didn't even feel like dance at all we just kind of use movement as a catalyst to express ourselves and just to connect to each other Mm -hmm. and it got really emotional at times but I feel like the audience really benefited from that and they were able to relate on so many levels and Mm so that's the kind of work that we do we're really here to like transform Mm -hmm. I would say lives through our movement so it's not so much entertainment for you know dance sake but really trying to tap into people and and um and have an impact after they see Mm -hmm. us perform yeah and so I know that you're not just, it's not just performances, but you also do a lot of um, sort of community work as well. So what sort of community work is Deeply Rooted doing? Yeah, so right now we have a few partnerships, and our biggest one is with the Chicago Park District and the University of Chicago. With the Chicago Park District, we started out with one of their programs, Night Out in the Parks, through DKs, mm-hmm. And we just go out into different park sites. Right now we're at Hamilton, West Pullman, and Palmer Park. Okay. And we offer free performances, workshops, master classes, um, in areas we consider to be art deserts. Yeah. You know, those who don't get exposure to the arts often. And oftentimes those students who come through those programs then um, venture over into our main sites. Mm-hmm. And they join us for our whole program year. Yeah, so great. we do a lot, a lot of outreach, and they were also in the schools as well. Okay, great. Yeah, you said you want to do more work with the fundraising, the social media sort of aspect. So, what sort of um, work have you been able to do with that while you've been? Yeah, so on the fundraising end, I pretty much manage our grants. I'm our grants okay. manager. And so any major funding that we get um, from, like, you know, the Driehaus Foundation, the MacArthur Foundation, mm-hmm. the list goes on in Chicago, I pretty much manage those relationships mm-hmm. and then anything that's required after we receive the grant. So um, the application process, gathering that content and information, and then once mm-hmm. we submit it, if we get a, a yes or a no, I send a thank you letter, and yeah. then from there try to cultivate that relationship with mm-hmm. that funder. Mm-hmm. Um, inviting them to shows, you know, going out on dates with them, just to um, deepen their relationship, so to say, and for them to get a chance to really see who we are as a company mm-hmm. and, it's a, it, and it's, if it's of interest to their organization right. and their mission. Yeah, so they're not just writing a check. They have Exactly. Like a they really understand what it is you. that we're yeah. doing. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty much what I do there. Mm-hmm. And then also on our individual giving campaign for individuals who give and donors, mm-hmm. um, helping to manage that as well. So any cultivation events that we have, just bringing mm-hmm. them in and getting a peek into the company and what we do outside of the stage, like the behind the scenes, mm-hmm. kind of makes them feel special and, yeah. you know, see where their dollars are going. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, pre-law degree helps a little bit with all of those yeah. uh, grants <laughs> sorting through. <laughs> so for like, sure. Look, Mom, I am using my degree. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. So um, I want to jump back a little bit and just talk about, do you have like any, like a favorite touring story or like the most uh, challenging thing you had to go through during that time? Hmm. Let's see. Well, one of my 
let's see, my first tour with Deeply Rooted, this all happened on the first tour, I want to say. I didn't have the best experience when I first came on. Okay. The first time I got to tour with Deeply, I was actually an apprentice still, so I wasn't considered a company member. Okay. And I was still kind of going through the loops of mm-hmm. what it meant to be an apprentice. Yeah. And at the time when I came in, the girls who were already there they had been there for about three years before me. Mm-hmm. And so they were going through their own thing and trying to climb the ladder as well. Yeah. And I came in as the new girl. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of felt that heat. I didn't feel very welcomed mm-hmm. when I came in from the apprentice group anyway. The company members, great relationship with them. But the my level girls, it just wasn't a great experience. And so we kind of had it out. Mm-hmm. And it got pretty <laughs> nasty. <laughs> and my director, she had a piece called Until Lambs Become Lions. Right, and so it was a pretty deep piece, and it was really heavy. And so she wanted us to take this story and make it personal for us. Mm-hmm. And how um, it was all these women in the community who were going through these issues at home, but when they came together, it was like their own little village. And they were able to talk to us, you know what, I'm going through this too, I can support you. Mm-hmm. And so for us to get to that point of vulnerability and transparency, yeah. we kind of had to work through our mm-hmm. other issues. Yeah. And so it caused us to have to talk. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was beautiful though. So us doing that piece together, really kind of um, helps mediate what we were going through and then also resolve and, and bring a little bit more um, peace to our relationship in the space. So that was beautiful. And it was mm-hmm. all through dance, really, through this yeah. ballet that we did together. Um, and then something that crazy happened. Let's see one of the things that are crazy that happened on tour. I remember one of my really close friends, her name was Armony at the time. She got injured on tour. Ooh, that's right. Which was horrible. Yeah. Because she no longer got to perform with us on the tour. And instead mm-hmm. of her going back home, she said that she wanted to stay. So she stayed for the whole tour. But the whole time she was kind of crying and complaining yeah. the whole time. Like so that was kind of hard. In pain, so, away from home. Yeah, and, and it was having like, to watch, oh, like, you know, all exactly. your company members on getting stage. to perform. And yeah, yeah like so. you want to support them. But I'm sure that's also hard personally. Yeah. So. Um, dance is obviously, and especially the sort of performances that you do are very, um, emotional and you have to be very vulnerable doing them as well. And so what, um, just like, what is that like for trying to get sort of like, people always talk about work-life balance and that seems like really hard when you have to put sort of your whole life into the work that you're doing. Absolutely. I think for me, it's literally like 100% or nothing at all Mm -hmm. in the studio it is. And they always said when you enter into this space, you know, it's a sacred space and you have to leave everything else at the door mm-hmm. when you enter. And so that's kind of our mission there. And it really allows dancers to pull down the walls or like the mask that mm-hmm. we kind of wear out there to cope with, you know, and protect ourselves. But once we're in that space, it's such a loving space, too. It's easy for you to kind of take down um, the mask in that space but it's, it's almost like a requirement to do the kind of work that we do yeah. like you won't be able to do those pieces and speak mm-hmm. honestly to them and the audience can feel when it's not genuine yeah um so yeah we do a lot of talking mm-hmm. <laughs> we talk a lot yeah. like almost after every rehearsal we sit mm-hmm. down and have a powwow just you know how are you feeling today mm-hmm. are you okay you know and how can we support each other inside of this work to keep it evolving yeah so do you ever just have to like take a break and just be like i'm not talking to any of you all week so yes yes (laughs) especially on tour but yes so Mm -hmm. yeah because the work it can be it can be a lot you know it can be a lot and i remember like the lambs piece i was talking about i remember telling nick because it touched such a such a close place in my heart i was like i don't think i can do it Mm-hmm. Like, it's really, really emotional. I don't think I can do this, yeah. you know. And she helped me through it. I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really difficult for me, 
you know, mm-hmm. but um, that was a part of the work. And she was yeah. like, what is what you signed up for? This yeah. is what we're doing. Sounds like a lot to balance the emotional work as well as with the physical work. And then Absolutely. you're also, you know, this is your sort of day job as well. Your work for the company <laughs> as well. So it's sort of like you never get a break. From yeah. It. yeah. Um, do you have that sort of same, like, is all of the administrative work equally as emotionally taxing? Because with all the people in the company sort of being... Um, I assume most of them are probably uh, dancers as well or involved in the in performance in some aspect. Yeah, it is. It is a hard balancing act. And what's helped me a lot is just effective communication. In the beginning, mm-hmm. I didn't communicate, I would say, as honestly and as openly as I should have. Just because I was eager, young, I wanted to do everything yeah. right and please everyone mm-hmm. and kind of be in every place at one time. But as I got older, I kind of grew inside the organization. I, I found that communication was really, really a valuable piece for me, and it helped me a lot. Just talking to my directors and letting them know this is too much. I can't mm-hmm. do this. I cannot do this. And kind of just drawing my own boundaries yeah. helped quite a bit. And then taking breaks, like you said. So mm-hmm. I couldn't kind of yeah. be with the company all the time, having those moments of space. Yeah, so as well as being a performer, I see that you also do, uh, you're a choreographer and director as well. Um, you've done, you've been on a bunch of panels, but uh, most exciting to me, because I'm kind of a Michelle Obama fangirl, I saw that you were um, invited to participate in the celebration of black women in dance in uh, 2016. Yes. So what was that like? Oh my gosh, it was so amazing. <laughs> it was. I was, um starstruck a little bit like outside of michelle obama who i adore mm-hmm. they invited all the dance legends okay yeah and so they were all there like sitting right there uh-huh. <laughs> it's like oh my goodness so it was just amazing but the beauty of it all was they didn't it didn't feel like that in the space mm-hmm. they were really kind of just chill and really yeah. like um personable and they i remember michelle really really impressed me we had over a few hundred girls there at this um at this workshop that we did. And at the end, she opened it up for questions. Okay. And these are young girls. So mm-hmm. they had all the questions. Yeah. Some had absolutely nothing to do with nothing, you know, <laughs> but they asked. Yeah. And Michelle was so patient. She was so just kind. She answered every single girl's question. Wow. And that just really stood out to yeah. me. And I was like, oh my goodness. And we stood there for hours. Wow. <laughs> she literally, you know, yeah. She listened to every girl and, you know, she hugged every girl and talked with every girl. And it was just so beautiful to see that. Yeah. You know. I'm like getting teared up just thinking about it. <laughs> it was a, it was it was it was an amazing, amazing experience. And then after she just spoke into their lives mm-hmm. and told them, you know, how beautiful they are yeah. and you know, that what they're doing is so important and so valuable. And her daughters, they actually dance too. Okay. So yeah. they went to one of the dance schools I taught at, um, the yeah. Institute of Washington yeah. at the time. So that was pretty cool. And I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, okay. she has a soft spot I think a soft spot for the arts. Because her daughter is also dance, yeah. um, which is really, really nice. Her mm-hmm. just knowing the impact of the arts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Yeah, so what was it like sort of, or I don't know if there was like a stark transition between just being a performer and like becoming a choreographer. Or I'm sure you did part of that when you started your dance company back in college. Mm-hmm. But um, just what are some of the differences between just being a performer and then also being a choreographer as well? For me, it helped being a dancer because I understood um, both sides. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I work with certain choreographers, everyone's process is so different. Mm-hmm. Like some choreographers, they'll come into the room and have their whole idea mapped out. They know exactly what they want 
and it's kind of like, you know, five, six, seven, eight, here we go, play the music. Whereas other choreographers, it's a lot more of a collaboration. Mm -hmm. And so they're kind of feeding off of your energy in the room and what you bring to the piece. And so um, I found that I relate more to that way mm -hmm. of um, choreographing, the collaborative yeah. process. I just really, really enjoy it. And for me, it keeps it fresh. So you can have the same piece, but depending on who you sit on, it looks completely different. And it may have a completely different story based on where they're at mm -hmm. and what they have to say. And so that's kind of how I've been able to um, create works that I feel like have been standout pieces. That's kind of the technique that I've used, really um, basing it off of their skills and their talents and um, how they're feeling in that moment. To, to form the pieces. Yeah. Um, but I think being a dancer really helps. I know what I don't like in a process, so yeah. I try to steer away from that <laughs> when I'm in that. my process. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but it's it's been an adventure, and I'm, I'm new to it. I'm an emerging choreographer, I would say, because mm -hmm. I've danced for so long. Yeah. So branching off into this, this new venture has been really, really exciting, um, eye-opening, and I'm just trying to expand my vocabulary I would say mm -hmm. in movement so looking yeah. at other choreographers and really going to more shows to just see like what else is out there and what yeah. other ways are there to communicate yeah. through dance so yeah was there any like unexpected challenge about choreography that you didn't see coming yeah like you know how they say writers have writer's block mm -hmm. I think that's the thing for choreographers really? too yes and I think in the beginning when I was creating I was just creating to create I was just excited to make stuff you mm -hmm. know and then as I got older it was like well, what does this mean or what is this saying yeah. does it have a story is there a through line at all mm -hmm. you know and you know the, the more you get in front of more sophisticated audiences they ask you those questions yeah. and so it helped me because it made me start to really really investigate my work more and dissect it in that mm -hmm. way and so that's been really, really helpful, and that's kind of the direction that I'm moving in now. Yeah. Not just creating a piece, you know, but... Right, but having the intention behind yeah, it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah Understanding that, where that's coming from. But yeah. but writer's block is a, is a real thing. So I feel like <laughs> I had those moments. Like, I, don't, I can't think of anything right now, you know? And that's where the dancers really play a role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like so... They, they start to inspire sure me. collaborative and, process helps a lot there. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll play the music and just say improv. Yeah. And I'll say, okay, here we go. And then it starts to mesh pretty well. Yeah. And so then I saw you're also senior faculty at Studio One, Studio One Dance Conservatory, Ballet Chicago, and the Chicago Multicultural Dance Center. So there, are you teaching the fundamentals of dance, or is it more advanced students where it's more choreography? So both. Okay. Um, definitely both. So at Studio One, which is the studio I'm at most of the time, I teach their two-year-olds oh, wow. all the way up to their <laughs> advanced level students. Yeah. So it's a huge range, mm -hmm. huge, huge range. Yeah. So what's it like having to sort of break down the fundamentals of dance and teach these young children? Like, is it something that comes really naturally to you or is it something you've had to like step back and sort of think? Because I'm sure you've been dancing for so long. Some of these things are just like, you just do it. So what's that been like? Absolutely. So there are, um, it's, there's beauties and challenges in both, mm -hmm. I would say. I love working with the babies the most because they're so innocent. I mean, the two-year-olds, they're not coming in there to yeah. dance. <laughs> and I tell the parents that all the time. I would prefer a start at like a four or a five where they mm -hmm. kind of understand the yeah, basics of the classroom teach a setting. You two-year-old choreography. Right. But they come and they sign up. And so yeah. we're in there together and they're, you know, they're using the restroom on the floor and doing things <laughs> like that. So I'm not really teaching dance. Yeah. It's more like a babysitting service, but they do learn. <laughs> 
social skills. They really mm. do. They learn social skills and they learn how to pay attention. Yeah. You know, so when I'm in there, it's more so like, okay, let's practice our counting. Because in dance, you know, we have five, six, right. seven, eight. So for them, it's let's count to eight. Yeah. And they're learning how to count to eight. It's um, color coding mm-hmm. because their lines are usually by color. Right. Like you go stand on the red line, you're on the green line. So in a way, we're te- it's a teaching mm-hmm. tool as well for the yeah. babies. Um, and just their excitement, they'll just do anything. Yeah. They'll just kind of go for it. Whereas my teenagers are like, oh, I'm going to do that. You know, I'll look weird doing yeah. that. They're really subconscious. Dumb, like, the babies yeah. just go for it. And so that part <laughs> I really, really enjoy. It's like, Disney times 100 when right. I'm in there with the babies, <laughs> which is really, really fun and exciting for me. It's just re-inspiring mm-hmm. to see their energy in a space. Um, but definitely, the curriculums are totally different. Yeah. It's learning, like, locomotor skills and just, you know, kinesiology and how does the body really form, you know, at this mm-hmm. age, what can they really do? I can't work on this because these muscles are still growing. Yeah. And so in that way, it's a totally different approach to where, you know, my teens are working on real, mm-hmm. real technique. Yeah, that's – you don't even think about that. It's like, yeah – basics of dance you do have to know just like numbers you got to count like at least four beats and you know yeah. eight would be helpful and how to stand in a line you're like make exactly a, you're formation like, make a square with your feet they're like what's a square it's like oh man yes. wow more power to you I cannot <laughs> I cannot handle it so what does deeply rooted have coming up soon Coming up, so our next show will be so our annual dance education programs, mm-hmm. uh, for sure. We have a youth ensemble for any pre-professionals that are interested in dance, and those are usually high school students. And then we have our apprenticeship program, which are uh, primarily college students and mm-hmm. young adults who've already graduated but just looking to uh, brush up on their skills in dance, uh, eventually going to the professional mm-hmm. field. Um, we have classes for mature hot women. Those are like our elderly women who still want to stay in shape and move and groove, all about like a healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So we have really something for everybody. Okay, So great. from our teens to our senior citizens, mm-hmm. we offer a lot of classes all throughout the year. And then at the end, in, in May, I want to say 11th and 12th, we have our spring dance education showcase. Okay, And so all of our dance air programs, they get to showcase what they've oh, been great. doing for the yeah. whole year. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So... I have a couple final questions. So my first is, where do you look to for inspiration? With your performances, with your dance, anything? Right off would be my students. Mm -hmm. They're like my biggest inspiration, I would say, are my students. Um, After my students, those who I consider to be dance legends, but my mentors Mm -hmm. in the field, just watching them create in the space, especially when they don't already have it together, watching their process yeah. and how they come to it, for me, is really eye-opening, and it helps me in my process. Um, and then the people, like my family being those people, but just the people, like knowing how it affects the audience after I perform, mm-hmm. like seeing the reaction, because sometimes I don't really know the effect. And I know... Um, Maybe a few years ago, I was asking my mom, like, I don't know if I still want to do this. I don't feel like I'm really making a change. Like, mm-hmm. we say art makes a difference, but how is this really making yeah. a difference for someone, you know? I feel like, I, you know, doctors, they're actually saving lives. And what is this art thing really doing? That's how I was feeling at the time. And she kind of, she told me, like, you know, Don, when I see you dance, really, and I'm not just saying it as your mother, like, it really just, it, it warms mm-hmm. my heart, you know, or it lifts me up. And, um... It helps in so many ways. Yeah. And so just hearing the responses from the audience has mm-hmm. really, really inspired me to keep doing it and, and know how um, valuable it is to our community that we have the art. Yeah, I'm sure it can really help to get that sort of outside perspective when you are sort of been in it and doing yeah. all the rehearsals and you're just sort of going through it. But then to see the effect, I'm sure it 
absolutely absolutely and so then um if you were to give advice to maybe like a young woman who is about to get into dance or Mm -hmm. into sort of the field of like working with a dance company what advice would you give to them I would say, um, and this is something that I've been challenging myself with, is to be authentically you in the space. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is, um, you know, that can transfer into any field. But just being authentically you. The arts is so unique because um, you're constantly being judged. Mm -hmm. You're constantly being rejected. It's an audition lifestyle. Yeah. You know, you're constantly in front of a panel of people telling you you're good or you're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, that's then, really difficult. Yeah. But constantly being that cycle, you know, and then you're always in some way looking for external validation, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so I really, I tell all my young dancers all the time, rather you do this thing professionally or not, just be who you are. And what opportunities are for you, mm-hmm. they're going to be for you. Yeah. You know, and so that's, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, a lo- like most of my friends are in theater, and so I know that, you know, you're always getting judged, and more often than not, it's going to be a rejection rather than a, like, you got it, but to, like, remember to be yourself and to, like, keep pushing through and to do what you're good at and what you can do is, I think, really good advice, and to Absolutely. sort of remember that and not try to be anyone else because there's not going to be, you know. The roles are going to be for you, not for anybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. So then finally, finally, where can we find uh, Deeply Rooted if we um, want to donate, if people want to just look up what they're doing? Absolutely. So on our website, <laughs> deeplyrooteddancetheater.org. Okay. You can find out anything about our upcoming performances, our dance education programs, um, our staff and our board who are doing some amazing work right now in the community, any partnerships that we have if you want to get involved in that way, our website is key. And then also on our social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Deeply Rooted Dance, or on Instagram, Deeply Rooted Dance. Okay, great. Um, Dominique, thanks again for joining us. I had a really great conversation today. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago, as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solutions Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding. 